Hello and welcome to Filling the Sink, a podcast from Catalan News. I'm Lorcan Doherty and today we're talking about sports. Now, while you might expect a sports podcast from Barcelona to focus on football, and indeed we've done a few of those, today's episode is a totally different ballgame. Or three, rather, as we're delving into the worlds of cricket, Gaelic football and American football. Three sports with massive followings in certain parts of the world, but that here in Catalonia are more of a minority pursuit. But that doesn't make those that play them any less enthusiastic or passionate, as Killian Shields has been finding out. Hi Killian, good to see you again. Good to see you again, Lorcan. How are you getting on? I'm getting on well. Uh, today we're going to be taking a look at how these sports came to Catalonia, who actually plays them and why. And Killian, you're a big sports fan. Tell us why we're doing this podcast. Yeah, well, of course. Uh, so a few months back, uh, I think around like very early springtime or so, we were getting a few messages on Twitter from Cahalo Cuig, an Irishman down in Sitges, and he was linking us to the report from the TG Cahar uh, television station, that's the Irish language television station, uh, and they did a report on Sitges GAA. Um, so Sitges, a town of just around 30,000 people, you might not think it, but they indeed have a Gaelic football team down there. And for our listeners who don't know what Gaelic football is, Killian, tell us, tell us what it's all about. Exactly. Uh, well, it's it's not played just exclusively on the ground, like what football is, like what many non-Irish people might expect. But it's a, it's a game played largely in, in the player's hands. It, it's with a spherical ball uh, with a much larger pitch than a conventional soccer pitch. And there's also 15 players per team. And you can score points over the bar and also goals, which are worth three points. Yeah, it's huge. It's it's one of the national sports of Ireland. And as you can see, it's kind of taken over the world in, it, in a little bit. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's hugely popular in Ireland, as you say, also among the Irish diaspora, uh, which I guess is maybe how it started in Sitges. Yeah, precisely, yeah. A uh, good man called Michael Collins, not the same of historical fame, um, but he explained to me when I went down to Sitges to visit them that he spent a long, long time living in Valencia. Uh, he was playing with the team there moved from Valencia to Sitges and in a much smaller town he knew that he wasn't going to just find a Gaelic football team there so he went about just setting it up himself. So this is one of how many Gaelic football teams are we talking about here in Catalonia? Uh, only four and in fact one of those four is the B team of, of the Barcelona Gales they'd be the the huge they'd be the super club that's of our Catalonia. local team then by the Barcelona Gales exactly exactly founded in 2001 I see here so they've been going for quite a while 20 years exactly but very interestingly they're they're not the only Barcelona team there's also Gaelicos do Gran Sol this is an absolutely amazing story I think this is a Gaelic football team set up in Barcelona only by Galician people. That is amazing because the name, yeah, it's not a it's not a Catalan name or Spanish name. It's actually a Galician name, Gaelicos do Gran Sol. That's fantastic. It, no, it's funny. It's funny you mention that because the other day, just I was walking down the street in Barcelona and I saw someone wearing a Gaelic football top. You see, I saw the big letters GAA Gaelic Athletic Association, but I didn't recognize 
the top immediately. And then when I got closer, I saw that it was a Galician national Gaelic football top. So it's incredible how Gaelic football has taken off in Galicia. Galicia is on the Atlantic coast, just north of Portugal. Um, So it's really taken off here. Maybe the same thing will happen in Catalonia. It could do so. You mentioned the the Galician national team. Uh, I spoke to one guy, uh, Diego, down in Sitges GAA, who has his own designs on on setting up the Catalan national team. And he wants to take that national team over to the World Cup, which is contested in Dubai, between all teams outside of Ireland. So Irish teams, that's the only condition. Irish teams are not allowed to compete in the World Cup. We'll be hearing from some of the players at Sitges GAA in a few minutes. Uh, but, Killian, just tell us first, how is the competition organised? Do they just play amongst themselves? Is it a Spain-wide competition? The, the all, instead of the All-Ireland, do they have the All-Catalonia, All-Spain? How does it work? Yeah, so sort of both, in fact. So there's a Copa Catalana, a Catalan Cup, that the Catalan teams will compete amongst each other, which in previous editions, uh, perhaps you didn't know this, but in fact they've incorporated the Catalan Cup in with the Ireland Catalonia Festival, uh-huh. which is held in, I think, in October's uh, down. It's been in Sitges before, but a lot of Irish people will come over for that. And who's who's the teams to watch out for? Who's uh, if you know if you're a bit of a glory hunter, who would you be getting behind? It would probably have to be Barcelona Gales. They'd be they'd be the dominant force of Catalan Gaelic football. They, they're they're an incredible organisation. They've loads of members in fact they've got women's team as well they have a b team also so they've got saint enda's there they're mostly made up of irish people in the team but there are people there of various nationalities playing as well but i think it's i think it's amazing that they, they even have a women's team playing so we've got the gaelicos the grand sol which are mainly galithians we've got barcelona gales which are mainly irish what's the story in Sitges? Sitges is a fascinating case, in fact, because um, I'd say probably most um, Gaelic football teams all over the world would be mostly Irish. Sitges is the opposite. Sitges is the vast majority of players there are local Catalans who've just been bitten by the Gaelic football bug. It literally just started off in the Tres Quarts pub. Um, there was just a group of both Irish people and locals who were just friends um, watching the Six Nations, in fact. And uh, Michael Collins just looked around and said, oh, we've got three or four Irish people here. Why don't we set up a team? Uh, he said that he set up a WhatsApp group and just a couple of weeks later, they were had their first training session. But over time, that developed into just more and more locals getting involved. Yeah, I noticed that when I was looking at the various clubs' Twitter feeds, like I noticed such as it's all, it's all in Catalans, very much aimed at, yeah, Catalans living there. So that's Gaelic football. We're talking about a few different sports today, Killian, that are kind of um, imported, we're saying. Now, I know you could say that yeah, football was imported too, but no, it's been here so long that, you know, Barcelona have definitely got their own take on it. But another kind of um, one of these uh, minority sports or imported sports is cricket. Exactly, yeah. I think sports, as, as the umbrella term goes, it, it's so wrapped up in community. Catalonia itself has a really plentiful, diverse community of immigrants from all corners of the world. Uh, So with them, they bring their customs, they bring their traditions, their food, their culture, everything, including their sports. So that happened with the Irish diaspora living here. And it also happened with, I mean, here in Catalonia, there's so many people from the likes of India, from Pakistan, Bangladesh, and by far the biggest sport there is cricket. So, of course, yeah. Uh, absolute critic fanatics. Uh, there's a 24-hour supermarket just around the corner that I often go to. And uh, the guy there, I swear, is always watching cricket. Like, so I'm always asking him, even if I don't know what's going on, I just I make sure, basically, are you winning or not? That's the question, <laughs> you know. Um, so cricket in Catalonia, how did it start? Do we know? Or 
Yeah, so the oldest club in Catalonia is the Barcelona International Cricket Club. It was formerly the Barcelona Cricket Club, but a few years ago changed its name to reflect the more international nature of the team. Uh Um, That has a history stretching back to the early 80s. 1982, the club was founded. Mm -hmm. Um, So, of course, the sport... Like for most of its history, it kind of saw like very, very slow growth, just kind of slogging along predominantly among like the English community living here. It was founded by an Englishman as well. But in the last decade or so, it's kind of burst in popularity. That's kind of gone hand in hand with the increase in, uh, in immigration to Catalonia, especially people from the subcontinent. So Barcelona International Cricket Club, when I was speaking to the vice president of that club, Sam Phillips, he told me that there's about nine or ten nationalities playing with them. But he also told me that in the case of most other clubs in Catalonia, they're predominantly made up of different Asian communities, so people from Bangladesh, Pakistan, India. So the clubs would be mostly one of the centerpieces of their communities. And are the clubs mainly in Barcelona or throughout Catalonia? Or how, how They're completely it? spread out, yeah. I mean, there's a cricket league here in Catalonia uh, run by the Catalan Cricket Federation. Uh, so there's 34 teams involved in wow. that, split up into four different groups. But there's teams from Beek, from Girona, from Lleida, Roses. There's plenty in Barcelona and in the surrounding area as well. So Badalona, L'Hospitalet as well. Um, but like very interestingly, uh, they play a lot of their games in a small town called Rio de Arenes. Uh, I don't even know. I've never heard of it, I have to admit. To be honest, I had not heard of it either before I was in touch with the Barcelona International Cricket Club about visiting a game there. But well, yeah, it's like not very well connected it's, it's very difficult to get to and kind of just a tiny town just in, in in the Girona countryside and in terms of I mean for these big team sports getting somewhere to play is often one of the main issues Sitges play share a ground with the rugby team in Sitges don't they and there's actually been some news this year about a cricket ground for Barcelona believe it or not yeah the people of Barcelona football mad city the likes of Messi Guardiola lighting up the Camp Nou here well it's citizens actually voted to build a new cricket ground of all things uh, so this is part of the mayor's initiatives for to, to allocate uh, 30 million of the city's budget to a sort of a participatory process that means that there was loads of different projects put up that citizens could vote on Mm-hmm. Involved in that was a first round all the way back in March. And back then, cricket was the number one project most voted. The number one voted project for the, all of these Barcelona City Council proposals by the people living here was a new cricket ground. Exactly. Up in Montjuic, they already have one, but the proposal is to completely renovate it at the moment. It's very gravelly turf, very sandy. It's it's not very accommodating to play a, a decent level of sport on. So it got through the first round of voting in March and it passed to the second round where it was the second most voted project in total. That still means that it's going to receive 1.6 million euros of funding to renovate the ground as part of the project that was put forward was uh, the fact that there's a new women's team as well Mm -hmm. promoted by the Cricket Federation as sort of a springboard for this project as well. So So 1.6 million euros of funding, what are they going to build with that? So it's going to be a new cricket ground but it's going to be used for other minority sports also but it's going to be predominantly for cricket so involved in that is a sort of an oval shaped pitch it's going to have a nice kind of synthetic turf kind of similar to 
like astroturfs to like what a lot of football pitches are made of as well um there's plans for a clubhouse nice toilets and showers like really basic amenities here as well and possibly uh, a little bar involved as well that could be nice and so Killian, over the past few months you have visited a Gaelic football team and a cricket team mm-hmm and one thing that was abundantly clear to me in all of this is that this isn't just sport, this isn't just people exercising, this is a hugely social thing. I mean, people have, are building communities around it, they're making friends, and of course they're having lots of fun doing so as well. Let's have a listen. The social side of it is, is like the best part of it. Diego is one of the many Catalans playing Gaelic football in Sitges. He told me that he loves the physicality and skill that the game demands from him. But most important is the socialising with people from his own team and indeed across Spain. We used to go for a weekend to Zaragoza, Valencia, one of these cities. And all the teams will join there and then play during whole day, like three or four matches. And then afterwards we'll go for dinner and then we could be like 150 people there. Michael Collins explained that the success of the club has been the integration of locals learning a brand new sport and joining the team, something helped by the fact that the Irish community are well embedded into the social fabric of the town. Yeah, I'd say we, we are. I mean, there's no Irish pub. There's no kind of place where all the Irish would go to and just kind of stick stick around with the Irish people. So that, that I think that helps you to, to become integrated. There's one, the most similar place to an Irish pub would be um, with Tres Quartz. That's the, it's like the, the sports bar. In, in the town, and that, but that's where everyone will go to watch the rugby. For the club's founder, games and training sessions are the highlight of his week. I have a big smile on my face when I'm, when I'm on the way up here to, to train on a Monday night. And now on a Thursday night, we train on a Monday and a Thursday now. Catalan cricket clubs equally place a huge importance on the social side of their game. I think we're, we're a very social club. Um, I'm sure when we finished our game here, we'll be in the bar having a drink or two. They sort of go and have some dinners and calzotadas and all these different things we like to do. While calzotadas, Catalan barbecues centred on calzots, similar to spring onions or leeks, aren't exactly a fixture of English cricketing pavilions, the bonding experience does remind Sam of home. For me, coming from England, the cricket is it's a very social sport and that's it's a big part of it. And it's something that we have here in our club too, so very important. The sport has a huge following among immigrants who hail from South Asia, an area of the world that can often see political tension and violence near some borders. However, cricket has been a vehicle to bring people from diverse backgrounds together. I mean, you think what happens in the geopolitical scenario, you would expect, well, that there are tensions on the border between India and Pakistan, but you come here, there is absolutely no difference between people from India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, Afghanistan, I mean, there is absolutely no animosity. We love playing with each other. We've probably, some of my best friends are from across the border. So you see the power of a sport. And it's just that, I mean, it's amazing to just play with people from different cultures and just get to know each other on a personal level. And it's just great. Shub and Lucky from the Men in Blue team say that when playing, cricket is the only thing that matters to them. And they are thankful to have the sport to develop these relationships. It brings everybody together, so it's, it's, it's a together. Big, yeah. Like It keeps um, humanity on the same ground, and we forget whatever it is, the political and all. We, on the field, we are a player, and we cherish to be 
uh, like a sportsman, yeah? yeah. And most importantly, I mean, even off the field, I mean, we, we love playing on the field, but then off the field, we've become very close with each other, people from different countries. We've become great friends over time, and I think that's the best that sport can do. And I mean, now that we have a ground, I think uh, these bonds will grow even stronger. Yeah. We heard from Sam, Lucky and Chubb, three cricketers, uh, from Barcelona International Cricket Club and the Men in Blue, and from Diego and Michael from Sitges GAA Club, Gaelic Football Club. Killian, you actually got involved. You know, did you play a bit of cricket or was it just Gaelic football you played? It was just the Gaelic football. I, I didn't dare try have a extremely fast spinning ball coming towards my head or anything like that when I was a complete novice to cricket. And you attempted to get back into Gaelic football then after your session? Oh, it was fantastic, I have to say, yeah. I, I played Gaelic football when I was much younger, but then I switched to playing uh, soccer, football. But yeah, it was my first game probably in, I'd say, about 15 years. And yeah. it was very fun, let me tell you that, yeah. I, I couldn't leave Sitches without having a lineup, and And I even scored a point with my left foot. I'm right-footed for context, so I scored one point with my left a fair play. Um, we were talking there before just about this new cricket ground that is going to be built in Barcelona. And cricket, it's going from strength to strength in Catalonia. It is, absolutely, yeah. Um, so not only is it growing in Catalonia, but in fact, it's growing from Catalonia out across the continent. In fact, there's a very new endeavour that's just started up very, very recently. Uh, the European Cricket Series. So Catalan teams now get to compete internationally. I mean, this season, the Menage Cricket Club were representing Barcelona, just facing off against teams from all over Europe. So according to official Catalan statistics, there are 1,090 registered cricket players in Catalonia, which is well behind table tennis, ping pong, there's over 3,000 members, or paddle, which has nearly 19,000 members, which is a sport I'd never even heard of before I moved here, but it's kind of like tennis with walls. It's, it's very popular here. Yeah. It's very, very traditional here, very popular, yeah. But one sport that is kind of on a similar level to cricket is American football. There are 33 clubs and a total of 1,680 members. So, Killian, like the same way Gaelic football is really popular in Ireland, cricket in, well, England, Australia, India, Pakistan, American football obviously is hugely popular in the United States and less so outside, including in Catalonia, but it's it's getting there. I think it's growing a lot, especially over the last 10 years or so, especially as like it's become so much more accessible, like being shown on many more TV stations on this side of the Atlantic as well. And um, I think the internet obviously helps with that, like getting information about teams, learning about the sport, who's good, who's bad, this kind of thing. Yeah, we should say like in Catalonia, American sport, if you like, that's really hugely popular without a doubt is basketball. You see it people playing it everywhere and, and the, the, the Catalan teams are very strong as well but yeah American football doesn't have quite the same history or popularity here but the Catalan league has been going since 1988 believe it or not yeah it's older than I am ah it's fantastic I mean this is a very niche sport but those who are interested in are very into it and they're carrying this league since the, the late 80s when certainly nobody would have known anything about the sport especially compared to today and Obviously, Americans living here, I'm sure, play a big role. But actually, one of the first clubs that was founded was the Bufals del Poblenou, which are now the Barcelona Bufals. And they were founded by 
four Catalans who were just NFL fans and thought, right, we're gonna we're gonna start our own club or franchise, should I say? This franchise, exactly, yeah. But I don't think there's any worry about them moving to another city in the middle of the night like what has happened before in the NFL in America. But if you look all around Catalonia, there are so many teams and even in the small towns that you wouldn't necessarily expect them. So, of course, there are teams in Barcelona. There's Barcelona Oroloqui, who are the current champions. They beat the Barcelona Pagesos, which translates as the Barcelona Farmers in Catalan. Uh, They beat them in the final uh, in May earlier this year. Um, but there are also like really strong teams in Reus. There's the Reus Imperials. There's also the Argentona Box. Uh, there's the Barbera Rookies, who have a very proud history t- to their name as well. We can't fail to mention the L'Hospitalet Pioneers, nor the Granoyers Phoenix, who have one very proud title to their name as well back in 1997. And as well as the Catman League, there's the Spanish League, which has been dominated by Catalan teams as well. Exactly. Specifically, the Badalona Drax. They've the Drax, won- the dragons. Exactly, yeah, yeah. They love the, to use the dragon imagery here in Catalonia, of yeah, course. We'll, for- we'll have to do another podcast just on how much Catalonia loves dragons. But yeah, but it's safe to say a lot. Exactly, exactly. No, but indeed, the Badalona Drax, they're, they're on a hot streak now. They have won the last five Spanish championships and they've also won six of the last seven, if you stretch it back that little bit further. So yeah, Badalona is the, the hotbed of American football in on the whole peninsula. And the team with the second most Spanish titles is Los Pitalet Pioneers. They've won it six times, so they've got a little bit of catching up to do behind Badalona's 11, but still they're significantly ahead of any other team yeah, two, competing. Two Catalan teams, two teams just, just outside Barcelona. And in fact, Barcelona as of this year, has uh, a team in the European League of Football, which has just started up again. Yeah, so it was actually dormant for, for many years, and like going back a couple of decades now, it was, it was really hyped, it was really, there was a lot of excitement around it. We've got colleagues here in the office who remember very well, even going to games in the Camp Nou, especially where they'd have a bit of an exhibition um, but yeah, this is and this is the Barcelona Dragons in English. So we've got the Barcelona Drax and the Barcelona Dragons. Exactly. Yeah, maybe trying to catch a bit of interest from America as well while they're in their off season. It's actually a professional league as well. Uh, so there's eight teams across the continent, although it's extremely concentrated in Germany, where there's six of them competing. And there's even like players playing for Barcelona at the moment who were playing in the NFL before. Yeah, six German teams, as you said, plus the Barcelona Dragons and one team from Poland as well. So that's the ELF, the European League of Football, back up and running again. So there's three sports for you. Gaelic football, cricket, American football. The funny thing, I love the names. Like you can, you can definitely tell. I think which of those sports that a team plays just from the name, like Saint Enda's, as you said, is that's obviously going to be a Gaelic football team. What about Yeda Tigers, Killian? What do you reckon? That sounds like a cricket team to me. That's a cricket team, as opposed to the Salt Falcons. A Falcons has to be American football. Yeah. It's brilliant. Um, if you want to get involved in these sports, well, what's the best way to go about it? I'd recommend just Googling, um, look up who your closest team is. And from my experience from visiting some of the training sessions and everything, everybody is so nice. Everybody's so lovely. All the teams are really, really accessible. I mean, these sports thrive on their participation. So it's very much a, a case of like the more the merrier. Like these are niche interests. So, you know, if, if you have any interest in going, people will just be very excited to see, to meet someone else who shares this interest with them. Oh, 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 o
Time now for our Catalan phrase. Sports-related one this week, Killian? Yes. Well, the phrase itself is sports-related in that it's got a ball involved, uh, but it is pasar la pelota. Pass, pass the ball. Pass the ball, yeah. yeah. What does it mean? It doesn't quite mean, you know, to help your teammates or anything like that, but it's more so to pass the book, I suppose, would be the pass, closest like, equivalent in English. So if you've got a problem or something uncomfortable, just basically offloading it onto another person, you're passing the ball, you're pasar la pilota. Yeah, sending it down the line. Someone else will deal with that. And that's us for today. Thanks for listening. We have filled our sink of Catalan knowledge, una mica, another little bit. If you're in Catalonia, sitting and thinking that we should do a podcast on your club or sport, well, get in touch. Send us an email, catalannews at acn.cat. Thanks for joining me today, Killian. Thanks for having me, Lorcan. It's been an absolute pleasure. We're back again with another episode of Filling the Sink next Saturday. Until then, for me, Lorcan Doherty, and all of us here at Catalan News, bye for now. Adeo.